The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulun and Naphtali, that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun and land of Naphtali, the way to the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sit in darkness have seen a great light, on those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew, casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his son and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and curing every disease and illness among the people. The Gospel of the Lord. Last week's statement for Back to Basics was God created male and female, and of course that's true. Uh, It's a very basic uh, belief of our faith, foundational, and so much is built on that. So those of you who said true, congratulations. Uh, I'm glad we, we have this gospel reading today. For some reason, it's been sticking in my head over the last couple of months because it really gives us a reminder of what Jesus is all about, who Jesus is, what he came to do. And again, we have to put this in the context of our story, which is the Bible. And if you think about it, again and again, the sin, the failing of Adam and Eve is repeated again and again and again. And we know that in our lives. We're like Adam and Eve. You know, you want to say, no, I want it this way, Lord. Or as Adam and Eve said, why would you deny us this, Lord? We're going for it on our own. That's the story of Scripture. That's our story. And what God tried to do in the Old Testament is turn that around, change it, so that people would not be hurt and suffer and live in darkness. So he told Noah, okay, Noah, this is what's going to happen and you and your family will go on to become a big family. Then he had uh, Abraham, and he said, Abraham, through you, all people will come to know the Lord, or be, at least be invited to know the Lord. And then we have Isaac and Jacob, and then we get into Moses, the greatest of the prophets, and he had a big job to do. And look what happened there, the perfect example of humanity, falling backwards. 
God saved them from slavery, physical slavery in Egypt. And once they got into the desert, what did they do? They turned away from the Lord. They saw these great miracles, but that wasn't good enough. That's the story of humanity. And then we get into the judges. If you don't know who or what the judges were all about, read about them. It's really fascinating. And one of the greatest judges was Deborah, a woman. And she was kind of raised up in a time of turmoil to lead the Israelites, and she did. And then we get into the kings. And again, we know that they failed to bring the people back to the Lord, at least uh, for a considerable amount of time. And then we get into the prophets, and they failed. So if you look at the Old Testament, it's not God's failure. It's human failure. It's our failure. And I think we can all look at that and say, yeah, you know, that's, that's kind of me too. I want it this way. I want it that way. I'm not willing to obey across the board what God wants me to obey so that I will not be harmed, so I will not be wounded. So what happened? Well, we know that God himself became a human being, suffered and died, rose from the dead to once and for all break the power of sin and death, to free us from slavery to that fear of sin and death, so that we could be on fire with our faith and do what God wants us to do. So here we have this beautiful story of Jesus preaching, beginning his preaching, beginning his public preaching. Now, as the story begins, uh, John the Baptist has already been arrested. So he's out of the picture. He was another great prophet because he prepared the way for, for the Lord. And what was John's message? Very clear. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent. He's saying, you're still sinning. You've got to repent, which means to have remorse, to be sorry for what we have done, to regret what we have done, and to say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me. So John had the baptism of water, which simply was an indication that the person was asking God for forgiveness. So he's gone, and as we all know, what happened to John was beheaded because he spoke the truth and the, the wife and the stepdaughter of Herod, Antipas, didn't want to hear the truth. So he was killed. <clears throat> again, again, that's the story of salvation. <clears throat> so Jesus comes along. Now, John the Baptist was preaching at the southern part of the Jordan River. Jesus is preaching at the northern part, which is well into the area we call Galilee. And... That is uh, Naphtali and Zebulun. That's the, the area of Naphtali and Zebulun. And so he's really in a region which was kind of looked down upon by most Jews because there were a lot of Gentiles there. And this is ex but this is where Jesus is coming from. So right there he had a mark against him because he's, he's from this area that's kind of suspect in terms of focused Orthodox Jewish belief. But so here, here's the, the main point. What are his first words of public preaching? What are his first words? We heard it. Exactly the same as John. Exactly the same as John. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
He didn't say, I'm here to say, all bets are off, go and do what you want, believe what you want, create your own truth, go forward and do it. He's saying, repent, repent, because your sins are burdens, they enslave you. And unless we look to Jesus as our savior, who is the way, the truth, and the life, we won't know what we're supposed to be doing and we will continue to do what happened again and again in our story. We fall into sin because pride puffs us up. I know better. Those people 2,000 years ago, they didn't know as much as I know. I'm insightful today, they weren't. Well, we know that's, that's very untrue, it's really a lie. And yet, we, we get pulled into that. And that's what Paul says. He says, it's not about Paul, it's not about Apollos, it's not about anyone else, it's about Jesus. He is the center <clears throat> of our unity. Jesus is, not me, not you, not the Pope, but Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the center of our lives. And he is the one who saved us from the power of sin and death so that we don't have to be afraid of anything. We can do anything in the name of the Lord, just what Jesus did, what the apostles did, what the disciples did. They freed people from illness, they cured, they exercised demons, they fed the people. We can do that too because of the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. So Paul reminds us it's not about you and me, and of course, I'm smarter than all of you, of course, you know that, right? <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's kind of an attitude we, we get, right? Well, those people, you know, what do they know? Well, it's not about those people or this person. It's about Jesus, what he has revealed to us and what he tells us to do and not to do. And Paul makes it very clear, and again, it's a very stunning uh, phrase that he talks. He says, the problem is if we're not uni unified, we are going to drain the cross of its meaning. And I, I think in many ways we, we have done that. I've said in the past, you know, the cross is the symbol of Christianity, and it's not meant to be this nice, you know, silver or gold thing we wear around our necks although we do, and it's supposed to remind us of the real cross, but it was this big wooden, full of slivers piece of wood that Jesus carried. God, the Son, carried. And when we stray from the truth of Jesus Christ, we're basically draining, not that we really can do that, but in the eyes of people, we're, we're kind of draining the cross of its power. And therefore, we're really saying, I'm gonna save you not Jesus, I can do a better job because I know more. I'm 2,000 years later than Jesus and I know more. But again, we know that is a, a fallacy. It's simply not true. So our faith is rooted in Jesus Christ who is the way, the truth, and the life. Now, always remember that the reason why God came to save us was not so that he could rub it in and say, you're a bunch of failures and I almost wish I didn't make you. That, that's not why he did it. He did it to, in fact, say, do you see, I really do love you. I really love you. 
I desire you. I am like the groom that's always pursuing the bride. You are my bride. I will not be content, not that God can't be content without us, but the sense is his pleasure, his joy is us. Is us. Can you imagine that? He desires us. I don't know if we think of that way, that God actually desires us. He wants everybody to be saved, everybody. The Adolf Hitlers of the world, he, wa- he loves them deeply. And we're supposed to say to those people, you know, God loves you. Turn away from this evil. He wants everyone to be saved. That's, that, again, is the story of the Bible. And I think we get sometimes lost and we get into rules and regulations as opposed to the core, which is the love of God, from which the commandments follow. So God gives us commandments so that we know how to continue to walk in the way of the Lord and literally avoid hurting ourselves and hurting other people. You know, people say, why do we need these commandments? Blah, 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 blah. Well, because we're still human beings and we, we think we know better. And God's saying, you don't have to even think that much, folks. <clears throat> yes, study and pray. But I'm going to give you these rules, these regulations, these teachings, these commandments so that you know how to follow me. So God really has made it very easy to be a disciple, but as human beings, we get always pulled away. You know, oh, you know, I don't know, Uh, I'm tired, or uh, I don't think I can do that, or I don't like those people. You know, we have all these things going on in our minds, and yet Jesus says, you know, if you're my follower, I'm empowering you. I'm empowering you. I'm giving you all these gifts through the Holy Spirit so that you can go forth and accomplish what I accomplished. Do what I did. And I've said this again and again, and the church as a whole, we need to continue to work on this. He said, you can heal people. You can raise people from the dead. You can feed thousands and thousands of people with just a few loaves. You can get Satan out of people in my name. He says, we can do those things. So there's a God who not only says, okay, I'm going to save you, just don't bother me. He says, not only am I saving you, but I want you to do great things to flourish because as my beloved children, you are part of me. And I want you to go and let other people know that I love them and desire them and want them to be with me for all eternity. And so for us Christians, when we evangelize, just as a kind of basic principle, we're sort of tempted to say, uh, to talk theology, you know? Um, And one of the things we always wanna talk about is the Eucharist, which is the greatest gift that we have, no question. But if a person doesn't have even an inkling of who God is or a relationship with Jesus, they're not going to understand this beautiful, beautiful sacrament, which is so central to our lives. But if we can show the desire and love of God for this person, then they're going to perk up. Because how many people come up to us, even our friends, and say, you are a wonderful person? How many people do that? I have a, a friend, she died, I think, 10 years ago. She was 92 when she died. She told a story once where she was sitting at the front of a grocery store and sitting next to another woman, and uh, this was Phyllis. She just turned to the woman and said, you are wonderful. 
Can you imagine? And the woman goes, why did you say that? But that's God. We are wonderful because we are made in the image and likeness of God. Not in our image and likeness, but the image and likeness of God. So right there, she didn't say Jesus loves you, but that was what she, was, she meant. But she simply got the person's attention by saying, you are wonderful. And we are wonderful. We are amazing. And we hear that again and again. Jesus, we were created to be wonderful in the eyes of God and to share that wonder with other people. So keep that in mind. Two things. Number one, Jesus came and the first words were repent. We've got to acknowledge that. We've got to confess our sins because they get us down. <clears throat> they wound us and they get in the way of our ability to reach out to other people. That's the first thing. The second thing is to remember that we have been called as children of God to let the light of Christ shine in our lives so that other people can see themselves in a different light, a bigger light, a purer light, so they can say, wow, I, I am pretty good because I'm made in the image and likeness of God. And I want to know more about this God who created me so that not only can I grow in my wonderfulness, but I can draw other people into that understanding of God's love for everyone. So especially in this day and age, you know, you read the page. I, I got to stop going on Facebook. I got to stop going on YouTube because I'm listening to people who call themselves Christian. And I'm thinking, where did you get that from? But we know the truth because it is Jesus. And we're called, all we need to do is live the truth of Jesus Christ and to share that with others very gently. So the challenge then, and maybe if you're sitting next to someone this coming week, just turn to them and say, you're wonderful. You have been wonderfully, powerfully made by God. See what their reaction is. Let me know. I, you know, I, I think we, we've got to be clever and simple and you don't have to get into theology, but just to say the truth, that in the eyes of God, you're wonderful. And God's wooing you. He's desiring you. And boy, I wonder what people would say. And I think some people would say, oh, keep your religious hands off me. Right? But I think there'll be other people that would say, wow, I needed to hear that. We all need to hear that, don't we? You are wonderful. You are wonderful, too. Thank you. You are one, I'm going to go for, you're beautiful because you're creating the image and likeness of God. You, well, <laughs> you are wonderful. But there's power in that, isn't there? There is power in that and it comes from God. So, you know, it's not about me or you, it's about simply telling other people the good news of salvation. So again, if you've got sins to regret, repent of them. Say, Lord, I'm sorry. I, they really hurt you. They hurt me. They hurt other people. And then say, I'm wonderful. I'm better than a sinner. And I want other people to know that too. So sky's the limit. And if you do say that, you'll share that with other people. Because I, I think we're going to find that people are dying of hunger and thirst for the gospel message, which is about Jesus Christ, and we can share it.
So as you go forth, again, think about how you are wonderful and you want other people to know that they are wonderful in the eyes of God. And God wants everyone to come to him to be healed of their sins so that one day we can all share around the heavenly banquet. And remember, the image of the heavenly banquet is of a uh, wedding banquet, a wedding banquet. And Jewish weddings go on for days with lots of drinking, singing, and dancing. So that's kind of the image God gives us. Joy, wonder, that's who we are as followers of the Lord.